Joe and I have a bet of when the next big Mariners trade is going to take place this offseason. Also, we're going to talk about some of the Mariners starting pitchers and should they try to extend them, as well as talking about some free agents that we have mentioned in our live stream. This is episode 36 of the Hit It Here podcast, and I'm here with Joe. Joe, how are you? I am doing great, and I know for a fact I'm going to win this bet over you, okay? November 27th, right down the date, it's a week from the time you'll be hearing this, and the Mariners are making a trade for a guy that there's been some rumblings. We're trading with the Rays, and it's going to be for Yandy Diaz, okay? He is a perfect fit within this Mariners system. He gives Ty a day off at first. Actually, I mean, he just takes over for Ty at that rate essentially gives Gino a day off at third. If you need him to has great back to ball skills. He, I understand the age concerns only like two years of club control. I think with that trade, but Yandy Diaz, he makes so much sense. And I think it would help out the offense a ton. This trade that I would, I would have to send out some people to get Yandy Diaz. Okay. Cause he was a phenomenal hitter in 2023. Bryce Miller's going in this package. I'm also sending them Gabe Spire. I think they like they like controllable pitching, and you know we already traded Isaiah Campbell. That you know we're gonna have to go out and get some other people for the pen, right? We're gonna have to go out and make a free agency move more than likely. But I think Gabe Spire makes a lot of sense going that way. I didn't want to send them Justin Topa because I'd rather I don't know I I value Topa more than I value Spire, and that just might be my you know the hill that I'm dying on that I might not be right about. And then the final piece, it's just like a like a fifteen to ten level prospect. They can have their pick, if I'm being honest. But I would probably do like Jonathan Classe because I think they might be very high on him. I think a lot of people might be high on him, and I'm not necessarily in love with like the idea of his future with the Mariners. So it'd be those three guys for Yandy Diaz, and I'm getting fleeced, but I don't care. Okay, the Mariners already got fleeced with the Urias and Campbell trade. I understand. A lot of people are pounding the table about that. I know it's a lot for Yandy Diaz, but I think it could be worth it in the end. And, you know, if I'm wrong, you know, you guys can place your bets whether or not I failed that trade or not. But if you're placing bets, make sure to do it on today's sponsor, Bet Online. As we all know, they've got all the major sports available to bet on on their website or mobile if you want to do it on mobile. I mean, it's still their website, but they got desktop, they've got mobile. Sitting on your couch watching the game, you can place a bet there. College football, UFC, NHL, NFL, everything. Even the MLB, even when they do not have games going on. They have bets for where the next players are going to go sign. So looking on their website right now, I could place a bet that Blake Snell is going to sign for the Mariners at plus 700. So it's Blake Snell's next team, if not Padres. The Mariners are at plus 700. The one that is the most interesting to me, even after he was linked to the Mariners, Yamamoto, the Mariners' odds are towards the very bottom. We're in the likes of the Pirates, the Rockies, for Yoshinobu Yamamoto, we're at plus 3,300. You're making some serious coin if you're placing a bet there and the Mariners end up signing Yamamoto. And remember to head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, I went with the Rays. Colton, where is your trade ending up at? You know what, Joe? The Rays and the Mariners have always been great trade partners but that's changing this offseason because oh. the Mariners are going to go back to boston and they're bringing alex verdugo oh. to seattle again i've talked about how i don't love the idea of bringing alex verdugo but i'm being realistic and i think it does make sense i think the Mariners are going to send emerson hancock that way as well as like a top 
uh, 15, like, but like you said, between 10 and 15, maybe Jonathan Class A is my guy as well. I'd probably go lower um, at that point, but you think so? Maybe I'm making maybe, a maybe like case. a, maybe like a 20 to 25. Sure. Like Let's in there, you know, a Zach bringing Deloach. back. Yeah, sure. He's a 40 man guy. Why not? Yeah. Is Zach Deloach basically just Alex Verdugo? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But it goes on at the major league level. That's going to happen on December 2nd. Lock it in. Our bet is that Joe's is going to happen on the 27th, and mine's going to be December 2nd. To be fair, we really only were betting what day it was going to happen. Yeah, we just came the up with these tricks. Yeah, like, but, my, go ahead. Let us know in the comments down below what you think Joe and I should bet each other, because we haven't come up with that idea yet. Like, what, what, what yeah. does the loser have to do? Exactly. We haven't really figured that out yet. And since we haven't, and we're able to kind of, you know, move these trades around, I brought this up at the beginning of the offseason, a guy that I was kind of interested in for the Mariners. And I, I gave, you know, I, I poked and prodded you a little bit about this, but now that we're, we're the cameras are rolling, how is Christopher Morell for you? How are you, is there any difference feelings here? Cause Morell has been talked about as part of a package for, um, oh, Pete Alonzo in, in the Cubs Mets, you know, if the, the Cubs actually have interest in Alonzo Morell was, I think supposed to headline that if they were you know trying to give like a realistic trade figures there that seems i don't know like i don't know where i'm at because my original idea was like honestly like a miller morell one-to-one swap but interesting yeah and you know it's not perfect that's just like rough around the edges i think we probably could get one more piece back but a small piece not much because morell's young club control slugged really hard out there in chicago last year but the issue is that he doesn't really have a position he is positionless. They're trying to do the Ben Zobers thing again, but dude actually just has like a brick for his hand. It's not <laughs> good with the glove. So that could be a problem, him coming to Seattle. Really but, mean. I mean, it's a little mean, but that's okay. But the idea is that they want him to stick over at third. If that's the case, maybe Perry Hill can have him work with Gino. They can work all together and he could like maybe take over Gino's role at third base once his contract is up, if that trade were to happen, I'm trying to sell you on Christopher Morello right now is what I'm trying to do. And I don't think it's working. I, I mean, Miller one for one. No, no. Okay. That's fair. no, That's I need fair. to see more out of Christopher Morell. Um, I, I don't know. I like Christopher Morell, but if he ends up only being just a DH guy, it's not worth it. Yeah. And I mean, he's young. Like you said, we don't even know if the, if this is sustainable for him, obviously he hit a million home runs in 2023, just like in, <laughs> in the, million. in the, in the span of like a week. Yeah. You know, he popped off. Uh, yeah. So he, I mean, is it sustainable for him? Maybe, but Bryce Miller for Christopher Morell straight up. I'm going to say no. If you can get another intriguing piece, it doesn't have to be like Pete Crow Armstrong or something. I would hope you know not I mean? because that, uh, but like... <laughs> that would then increase the, the, the return for the Cubs by a lot as well. Morell and Mervis. Easy. Just, for just Miller? a trade of it. To M's. Oh, I really see. I don't know if I'm just a silly goose and I don't know how to value young controllable starting pitching because I think that's an overpay for the Cubs just getting Miller back. I agree for Morell. And no, Davis. I agree. Okay, yeah, I agree. Okay. As long as we're on the same page there. Now, the value for pitching this offseason has kind of already been set, but I don't know if it's at its fullest value. Aaron Nola signed his his free agency contract he is no longer free agent he re-signed with the philadelphia phillies today that we're recording yesterday that you're hearing this for seven years 172 million dollars 24 and a half million a year and it's rumored spoken about on media that he took less money to go back to philadelphia colton 
This is not necessarily an extension conversation, but how are you feeling about Aaron Nola and the Phillies and where that contract kind of sets up free agency? And maybe speaking then about extensions, our Seattle Mariners pitchers. Yeah, that was a lot of freaking money. So you think so? Like, like four and a half million. I mean, Aaron Nola wasn't all that great last year. I'll be very interested to see what what Blake Snell gets. Well, that's like, the thing is, like, if he, that is him getting less money, that means he's probably was around twenty seven to twenty eight million, maybe even thirty a year. And I'm not saying that you know teams shouldn't be willing to give out that contract for a guy that could potentially go out and get you like a top five Cy Young season because he has had pedigree, he's had a track mm-hmm. record. But I'm I'm honestly, if I'm Philadelphia, I'm okay with twenty four and a half for Aaron Nola. Oh yeah, like compared to what it could have been, yeah, absolutely. Sure. I just think that. When I look at the market for the rest of the starting pitchers, it's often like Yamamoto is going to get paid. Yeah. Like he's going to get paid for a guy who's never even thrown a major league inning. Like mm-hmm. he, I'll be interested to see what those contracts look like. Cause I'm not going to lie. That was, I didn't expect to see Nola get more than like maybe five years. I, I think MLB trade rumors had predicted like five, one fifty or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think so. Or six, one fifty. Oh, something. Yeah. Somewhere in there. So yeah, yeah I think that, it just goes to show how valuable pitching is this offseason. And for the Mariners, it might not be a better time than no better time than now to try to lock up Kirby or Gilbert because A, once they get to free agency, if they continue on this path, they're gonna be very expensive. So if you can buy out a year or two of free agency while also buying out their arbitration years, I think now is the time to do it. I think that my worry is with everything that's happened with the Mariners recently is that these players are going to say, no, we're not signing any attention with you. Not yeah. until you prove to us that you're willing to go out and do something, which I think is a very real possibility. Yeah. I think they did kind of like step on their own feet, you know, stub their toe essentially with the team, because if you wanted to have a good rapport and a good connection with your players, the easiest way to do that is not to publicly say we're trying to win 54% regardless, whatever, you know, we all know the jokes and the things that have been said. And if you're talking about wanting to buy out arbitration years and stuff like that, like Logan Gilbert, his projected arbitration this year is 4.9 million. Now, obviously, if we were to extend him a contract, it's going to be worth more than 4.9 million because by this time next year, that value is going to increase by a significant margin, I would say. I don't know if he's going to be like in the Brandon Woodruff era area of like 12 million, I think is what he was owed by the Brewers. I don't think he can jump that much in a singular year, but if he continues to pitch well, I mean, he was a very good number three last year. He is going to continue to raise that value of arbitration based on his performance. It might not be a bad idea to lock him up earlier rather than later. Like how you're saying, I would say, I think obviously Kirby, when he hits arbitration, that's going to be the more pressing one. Like he will reach like the Corbin Burns level of money being owed in arbitration. Maybe not the exact same because obviously Burns had a Cy Young under his belt. Kirby just finished eighth in the Cy Young. But in relative terms, like thinking about those two guys for the Brewers and translating them to the the Mariners guys of Gilbert and Kirby, Kirby's going to be the more expensive guy because he's been better. So I would focus on Kirby more and... If I'm being real, like even if the extension doesn't happen for Kirby specifically, especially with the, you know, post game interview against the Rays, that whole situation, it's, it's not, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith that he'd want to return to Seattle if there's not an extension met. And he just, he feels like such a big New York Yankee because he's from New York. It just makes sense. So, and that would hurt my heart even more because I don't want to see that. So I'd like to lock him up as long as we could you know, to a 
I don't know if we're ever going to get a team-friendly contract because have the Mariners as a franchise really done anything to earn a team-friendly contract? Not really. Whereas like the Phillies, you know, you got Trey Turner last season saying that he signed for in Philadelphia for less money than he got elsewhere this year. Aaron Nola signing for less money than he was offered elsewhere. Do the Mariners have an avenue to try and negotiate that kind of contract with some of these guys? Not really, but it, I think it's still worth it to, to have those conversations and work through some of those contracts what would you like if you had to give a ballpark? Say it's six years, seven years. Logan Gilbert, what are you offering him? Gosh, you just really put me on the spot here, huh? Uh, I mean, why not? I mean, like it, six, seven years. I think. Would you go like a, one? Would you go like one fifty? Six years, one fifty. What's that average out to AV? Let me do some math really quick. Yeah. I mean, I think it's close to twenty-five. I think it's twenty-five. Six years, one fifty no. is twenty-five million a year for Logan Gilbert. No, Did you go. So, how much lower is like what's I, the range? Where I'm looking at right now, because you still have these guys under club control, and the Mariners still have other holes that need to be filled. You sure. don't need to be spending that money right now. So, I'm offering like Gilbert and Kirby like seventeen to eighteen million a year. Okay, um, to buy out you know rest of arbitration and free agency. But again. you're you're walking a fine line when you do that because the Mariners do need offensive help. And by doing that, you might be restricting your budget that you may or may not have at this point. Who knows? Yeah. Into guys that you had anyway. That's how I felt about the Julio extension last year as well is Julio was going to be with you for another six years anyway. Now he's signed for 14 years if you need him to be. Yeah. But it's like it should not. You can't sign these contracts if it's going to inhibit you from going out and adding to the team. Because then what's the point of signing the contracts in the first place? Yeah. If you're not going to be able to add around them. So I don't know. I'd start with like like 15 million or you could do with like with Julio. Like it starts taking more steps up. So as he gets to what would have been George Kirby's first free agent year. Now he's making 22 or something like that. But he's making. 12 in 2024 i don't i don't know how the numbers would work but yeah i mean it's yeah. it's tough to just draft a contract on the spot and i apologize i think yeah, no it's fine no it's fine no seriously it's fine I i'll give you really. i'll give you an idea that i think i can formulate after ha- hearing you try and figure it out i would probably go 16 to 18 million for gilbert probably five years so that would then put you between 80 and 90 million Five years, ninety million. It's eighteen million a year. I think that's very reasonable. If you eyes can... out, I think a year or two of free agency. Yeah, so maybe go an extra year, maybe lower the AAV a little bit to seventeen, sixteen, something like that. Kirby, I think, is going to be the harder one to try and nab because he's yep. just he's just better, right? He is simply just the better pitcher, and he has to know that. So if I'm the Mariners, maybe you give it another year, but. At that same rate, I'd, I'd probably offer him like the 22 because okay. the way that the market's going to continue and you're talking about like how much Yamamoto might get paid for never having pitched a major league inning, he's going to get more than 22 million a year probably. He should, mm-hmm. without a doubt, because Aaron Nolan's getting 24 and a half. Give Kirby like 22 to 24 and try and make him a Mariner for as long as you can. Because if you do, you have an ace for seven, eight 10 years depending on how long you do it but i understand the issue with that is like you're handcuffing yourself and i don't know if then that creates this like the conversation around it is like always oh well if we had signed this player in the offseason for this large of a contract it wouldn't have been a big deal because he was a free agent but since we did it in-house it's not as exciting as lucrative and that's typically the conversation that always revolves around these extensions and these moves of like oh if we had 
signed Castillo in the offseason as a free agent in 2020, like going to the 2023 season, the team, like the fan base would have been ecstatic, but instead we traded and extended him. So it's just that weird kind of like dialogue around extensions versus signing free agents. Like would people rather us go out and sign someone right now in free agency as opposed to extending one of these guys? I'm not saying that's necessarily the wrong answer because I think that is the right answer for this specific offseason. Maybe going to the next as well. I am just worried that eventually our core of young starting pitching, it's it's just going to go away because we're not going to be able to pay them all. I, I think there's something to be said, and I, I read this about the Aaron Nola deal as well. When a fan base has guys that, that they know, and so like keeping guys like Kirby and Gilbert around, the fan base can kind of build a rapport. Uh, there's obviously not a real rapport, but a, a rapport with the idea of the player. Like sure. they're you know, like obviously you don't know. Yeah. I don't know George Kirby, yeah. but he's your guy. Like he's my guy. You know what I mean? It's like mm. I, I care more about George Kirby than I care about Aaron Nola. So it's like, yeah, I you know, I'm it helps build camaraderie, or I guess it helps build not camaraderie's not the word, it helps build something. Your feelings towards the team. If I wish I had the tweet in front of me so I could explain what they said. Yeah, but I mean, I... because you recognize the guys on the team, you feel stronger, a stronger connection to the team. Affinity, and, you know? Sure, sure. Team affinity. Yeah, MLB. Yeah, yeah. the show. I yeah. I don't know. I think keeping there's something to be said about keeping guys around that people like, that people know. Like keeping Felix around. Obviously, there was a great rapport between Felix and the fans. Mm-hmm. And who's to say, obviously, that looks like it's happening right now with Julio. And the fact that they know now that he's going to be around for a long time, mm-hmm. I feel like if you can do that with the starting pitchers, you need to do it when you have the chance to do it. Because too many times we have seen our guys leave. And guys at the Mariners, the, the farm team of the MLB and all the other monikers that people give them. Yeah. We've seen them leave. And it's time to now you have this young core. It's time to keep them around the cows, the Kirby's, the Gilbert's. And yeah, I think extending them is the best way to do that. Now, if the money doesn't go towards the extensions of our current players, obviously free agency, we're in the thick of it, right? The off season's here. Colton, we streamed on Sunday, yesterday, and we just went through the trade rumors, like list of free agencies. And we kind of decided who was going to be Mariners and who wasn't going to be Mariners. So can I, can I have one of your players, please? Yeah, I'll start with the person lowest on my list. I had Brandon Belt to the Mariners, okay. uh, kind of supplementing Ty France over there at first base, a left-handed hitter, a guy who has been around the block a time or seven, and he was really, really good for the Blue Jays in 2023. Uh, they haven't projected like a one-year $15 million contract. That's a bit steep, in my opinion, but I do think that Brandon Belt does make a lot of sense. He does strike out a lot, but it'd be more more of a belt is in there versus right-handed pitching. Yeah. Um, he's not playing first every day whereas like and then you got you can throw him at the dh or what have you would he kind of replace he's the mike ford for next year with a higher upside of course with higher upside yeah i'm not saying like that's like his limit and that's not to say mike ford didn't have a great year with seattle i don't know if that was going to be able to be replicated by him you know 120 ish wrc plus in limited opportunities so I don't necessarily hate that move. I think that's a good move to start with, with the offseason. Now, that's not to say that there aren't guys lower, I guess, in the rankings than that. Like, obviously, Tom Murphy's not in the top 50. There are some, you know, bullpen pieces in there that we could look to. But this is just guys in the top 50. And the guy that I first had, he's pretty high up on the list because I didn't really find a fit in the the middle pack. But Jung-Hoo Lee is a guy that I, like, I... 
It's a need. It's not a want. It's a need at this point. He's 15th ranked. He is signing with the Mariners. The projected salary is five-year 50. We talked about him on the podcast already before. I'd give him 70. I'd give him five-year 70 million in a heartbeat to go to come play a corner outfield with Jared Kelnick and be out there with Julio and be a consistent contact guy at the top of our lineup. Doesn't have to be at the top of our lineup to start. Maybe he can earn his way up there like JP did last year. JP started at the nine hole last year and turned into one of the best leadoff hitters in all of baseball. Jung-Hoo Lee, I'm not saying he's going to take over JP's spot at the leadoff, but he could provide a good break in the middle of that order for guys that strike out a ton. He can be the person that breaks that apart. I think Jung-Hoo Lee is a very good fit for the Mariners. And if it's going to be whatever you said, 570, I don't care. I'm in. Like, I'm in on that. So, yeah. cool. Let's, let's bring let's bring Jung-Hoo Lee in. With that being said, however, I am also going to the MPB, and I'm picking up Yuki Matsui, who is a reliever. I believe he's left-handed. He is. Uh, has been very, very good over in Japan. He's 26? I actually don't know his age, but I will, I don't I will figure it out really fast for you. That'd be really great. He's also not um, from, I mean, he's... Jung Hoo Lee's the KBO, but oh right, that's right. My but, bad, but that's my okay. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about yeah, yeah. It. The yeah, international yeah. signing pool. Matsui is twenty eight. Yeah. Twenty eight. Okay, Joe. What were uh, what were Yuki Matsui's numbers last year? So in fifty nine games across fifty seven and a third innings pitch, there was an ad like right over the stats, bro. I was pissed. I hate it when that happens. Dude, it's, it's so annoying. So annoying. One five seven ERA. Okay, in fifty seven and a third. That's insane numbers. That's pretty consistent throughout his entire career over there as well in the MPB through 10 seasons, a 2-4 ERA. So he is a guy that at the back end of your pen can do a lot in terms of run prevention. His strikeouts, 72 strikeouts through 57 and a third, it's not like something overly crazy there. But again, he doesn't walk a ton of guys, only 13 walks. So it seems like a kind of like a crafty lefty. It seems like out of the pen, maybe like a John Franco from the Mets, you know, like one of those guys. Bringing back crafty lefties, huh? Wade LeBlanc mm-hmm. would be proud. Hey, man, nothing wrong with some crafty lefties up in the pen. So you had one other guy signing in free agency. Who was that? That would be the other outfielder in this rotating four outfielder tandem of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Now, as far as that is concerned... I understand how a fit might be better of like J.D. Martinez or maybe Jorge Soler in that same regard. However, I like the upside of contact skills that Gurriel has more than the other two for the, I think, other skills that he can provide in the field. And also just with like, I think, speed in general, like on the base paths. I don't think he's necessarily like a speed demon, but I'd say he could probably run better than Jorge Soler or... 36-year-old J.D. Martinez. And in that same way, I don't want to take Jared Kelnick out of the outfield, but if there's some sort of nagging thing going on with his foot, I don't want that to be inhibiting of him seeing playing time. So that would allow then him to see a bit more DH time, which I think could be good for him overall. And also, I think, you know, Julio doesn't need the time off his feet, but you could have Jung-Hoo Lee go play center. If maybe Jung-Hoo Lee's having a hard time adapting to the outfield in the MLB, he can DH for a sec. I just think going out and getting two like pretty like high up there free agent outfielders to me makes a lot of sense. I understand why other people might want to upgrade other positions, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I also have the Mariners going out and getting an outfielder. So keep in mind, guys, we're not like our lists are not part of the same team these are separate universes you're telling me we can't have seven outfielders on the same team (laughs) we are we're already doing the all utility players with Luis Urias okay why not the all outfielders team 
You're right. That's my bad. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Peanut Gallery. I'm adding Kevin Kiermeyer, defensive whiz out there in the outfield, to play left field. He can play center as well to give Julio a day off his feet. Kiermeyer is a very high contact guy. He doesn't strike out much. Uh, bat to ball skills have always been there for him. He's not, he, he's coming off like a 103 or 104 OPS season, so nothing special. But Mariners needs a, a stabilizing force that just makes consistent contact, doesn't strike out, and can extend an inning. And I think that Kevin Kiermeyer is that guy. Your defense is very, very good in the outfield with Julio in center, Kelnick in right, and Kiermeyer in left. That is probably one of the best defensive outfields in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. And the name of the game for the Mariners has always been run prevention. They're starting pitching, their, their pitching staff as a whole. That is their moneymaker. That's how they win a lot of games. And run prevention in the outfield is going to be key, especially in T-Mobile Park. I think that having an athletic outfield like that, while also having a really good pitching staff, could equate to a few more wins for the Mariners and put them over the top in 2024. Speaking about Kiermaier's like bat-to-ball skills and stuff, 21.1% strikeout percentage last year for Toronto. He's that's 21.9 on his career. So very consistent approach throughout his entire time with Tampa Bay. And then last year with Toronto, like you said, a 103 WRC plus, I think it's 104 OPS plus on baseball reference. So it's not a ton of pop, but we know what we're going to get with Kevin Kiermaier. And it's, I think he would be, if Jung-Hoo Lee is not in the cards, I would probably go to Kiermaier as well. It's a lefty outfielder. So like, I don't know if maybe because the Mariners have said they want righties. So maybe that's not necessarily a fit there, but I understand the, the process with Kiermaier. My only complaint with your people there is that we're just the Toronto Blue Jays from last year. So why, why, are, we, why are we taking the scraps? You know what I mean? Why are we taking the, like, what's, what's the deal with that? Because, because I added two people to run the Blue Jays last year. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The, the Dodgers want to add both Otani and Trout, and you're mad at me. I'm, hey, I, whoa. Whoa, don't You're don't bring Otani and Trout into this. I didn't say that. You I, did. I don't I, I am so tired of talking to you. That is gonna do it for episode 36 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online. We appreciate you guys watching this one. Now go watch this one. It's on the screen right now. Do it now. Go Mariners.